Good morning. Glad that y'all are here. As uh, I'm sure Danny mentioned earlier, this is our last college class for the semester. So I know many of you are leaving, perhaps for good. Maybe you're graduating. Just out of curiosity, how many of you guys are graduating and out of here at the end of this year? All right. A few of y'all. Some of y'all will be with us next year, but maybe you're going to be here for the summer. And then, of course, a few lucky ones of you will be here for the summer taking classes, and we'll be glad to have you here We'll continue with college class at 11 o'clock, starting again on May 30th during the summer. Um, I'm going to talk for just a few minutes, but before I did, I want to give an opportunity to a couple of our graduating seniors to come up and share just a little bit about their walk with God through college, uh, their vision for the future, and uh, just some thoughts for all of us about how to continue to walk with the Lord. Both of these are students who have served with us and led with us in our small groups programs, as well as just helping out here on Sundays and with the college class. So uh, two students. First, Kelly Yates is going to come up, and uh, Kelly will be going to Dallas. She'll tell you a little bit more about that. Um, And she is married to Andrew Yates, who's been an intern with us this year. And then uh, Andy O'Brien is going to come and talk for a couple of minutes as well. So uh, I'm going to invite Kelly to come on up, and y'all welcome her, and then Andy will come when she's done. Um, like Matt said, my name is Kelly Yates. I graduated this past December in aerospace engineering, and then in January I married Andrew. So that's been kind of a new phase of my life going on. But I just wanted to kind of talk to y'all about the biggest thing that I learned through college. When I came to college, I came with the mindset that I was going to be an aerospace engineer, I was going to graduate, and I was going to get a job. And now I'm not saying that it's bad if you're coming in with that mindset, it's good to graduate and get a job. But that was all I wanted. That was my priority. In the back of my mind, I would have liked to get a husband out of it too. But my main thing was to come and get a job. But despite the fact that I had my life planned out, I knew exactly what I wanted to do after, I still felt pretty lost. I wasn't sure of myself. I wasn't confident in my plans. It wasn't until almost the end of my sophomore year that I really started walking with God and started actually pursuing what He wanted instead of what just I wanted. I ended up working at Pine Cove the summer after my sophomore year. (laughs) Yeah. And I met this girl named Danielle. And what was incredible about her is if you asked her what she was going to do in two years, she had no idea. But she was so confident in herself. She was so confident in what God had planned for that it was something that you just, it was contagious. You wanted it, despite the fact that she had no idea where she was going to be going after Pine Cove. Over the next few years, I really struggled with, did God really want me to be where I was? Did he want me to be studying what I wanted? Or was I just doing it because selfishly that's what I wanted and that's what I was desiring and that's what I thought people would think well of me of if I did. I ended up staying in aerospace and graduated with it. But it's been amazing to see how since I started letting God lead my life, how many doors have opened and how I've seen a clearer vision. And I am going to be ending up working with an aerospace company in Dallas while Andrew's going to seminary. But it's just, it's been really neat to see how once I started letting him take over, he just kind of started giving me a confidence in what I was going to be doing and started making me sure of myself. I kind of wanted to share some verses with you that I think have been helpful. If you were in um, a growth group this year, you went through James. And one verse that really convicted me was James 14, or I'm sorry, James 4, 13 through 16. It says, come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such city and spend a year there and engage in business and make profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. And that was just convicting because so many times we say, 
this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to have a job. I'm going to make money. And it's, as Christians, it's so arrogant of us to think God's our creator and we're supposed to be living to glorify him and we're not consulting him in what we're planning on doing. In Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34, I'm just going to read some of it. It says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. It is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And then he goes on in verse 33 and says, Ooh, sorry. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And that was something that he's not saying, don't make plans for your life. Don't think about what you're going to do in the future. But you need to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And if you do that, he's going to take care of you. He's going to give you all the clothing, all the money that you need to survive. It might not be exactly what you had in mind, but he's going to take care of you. And the last one is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. It's just you just need to trust him. Just trust God. Don't lean on what you think is going to be right, because he's got you taken care of. So I guess to wrap up, um, what I wish somebody would have sat down with me when I came to college and said to me is when I told them my plans and I told them, this is what I'm going to do. I wish somebody would have come to me and said, Kelly, you're being arrogant. James tells us, don't be arrogant. You need to be talking to God about that. Have you even asked God if that's what he wants? And the second is, I wish somebody would have come and asked me point blank if I was seeking his kingdom and his righteousness first, um, before I thought of what others were going to think of me, before I thought of what my parents wanted me to do if I was seeking him first. So um, I guess what I would ask y'all to do is just think about your lives and think about, are you where God wants you? Are you where he's going to be able to use you? And are you opening yourself enough to allow him to use you, to allow him to talk to you? So that's all I have. Well, um, give me a sec. All right, I'm ready. Um, I'm uh, Andy O'Brien. I have been going here to Grace for the last five years. Yes, that means I'm a super senior. Um, that's what I like to call myself. Class of 09. There you go. I was expecting John to do that. He's, he's the person that's followed me the whole way through this. Um, but anyways, they just gave me this opportunity to get up here and I guess give some wisdom and where I've come from and where I'm going. This isn't a goodbye because I will be an intern next year, which I'm... I'm really excited about it, so I will continue to serve you guys in a more full capacity um, um, with all of my time and not just a little bit. So I'm really excited about that. And um, also, I'm graduating with a mechanical engineer degree, which I'm really excited. Yeah, and I get to go ahead and walk away from it, which is going to be even better. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I've had a really, I really enjoyed mechanical engineering as I went through college, but I always had a heart to go into ministry, and I'm, that's what I'm kind of... I guess, trying to figure out right now is I want to see if ministry is something I want to do. So that is why I'm doing the internship this next year. Um, So Matt said I could give a few pearls of wisdom. And when I thought about it, the first thing that came to mind was really silly. And every year at the leadership, like, I guess, welcome and all that, they always get up on stage and then they're like, they talk about a few things, but they always come to this point and I always know it's coming because I've seen it four times. And um, they go, all right, Grace Bible Church is a funnel. Like, so you got like a big top piece. And then you have a little, 
like a little spot at the bottom. So like if the big top piece is all of us because we can only all fit in the top piece, then the little bottoms like maybe two people can fit through it. And what I mean by that is like you guys come on Sunday and you guys all get to hear Matt and he gets to yell at you all at the same time, you know. And um, but what our like what the goal of grace is is to bring us all to this point where there's only two of you and like you both are going to challenge each other and you're going to push each other forward. And so I guess my encouragement, my challenge to all of you is to find that person that holds you accountable, that encourages you, that disciples you, that mentors you. I don't know, that had a profound effect on my life. Um, like Marty Scott left. He wasn't there this year, but he was here the year before. He was probably the person who got me involved in leadership the most because I did Dulas um, and I was a leader in Dulas. And I really enjoyed that. But at the end, I was just like, well, I guess I'll continue. I'm not really sure. And then he called me that summer, and well, I guess it was before the summer, but, um, and he told me, you're going to do EV team next year. Um, that's evangelism team on the servant team, for you guys that don't know. But um, I was just kind of freaked out about that, because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not great at evangelism. I don't even know what I'm doing. He was like, but you're going on summer project this year, like, or this summer, and you're going to learn all about it, and you're going to be ready for it. And he just like encouraged me and pushed me towards it was something that I really needed. And that's what we all need, and I want you guys to seek that out, and that's why we have this big funnel analogy, and that's why GRACE stands for Raising Up Next Generation Leaders to Reach This World for Christ. I bet you're really proud that I can, I can say that. Um, but um, I guess I just wanted to leave you guys with a verse that came to mind as I thought about all this, and it kind of sums up like why we do what we do, why are we coming to church, where are we headed, and that's Ephesians 4.11, and it says... And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints, that's us, for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And then it says, until we all obtain the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's pretty big. And then it says, why are we doing all this? So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunningness and craftiness and deceitful schemes. So, and we're rather speaking truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And that's I mean, that's why I'm doing the internship next year, and that's what I'm really excited about. Um, oh, yeah, there was a story I wanted to share. share. Now it doesn't fit, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, <laughs> I was going to talk about Marty Scott some more because I was trying to think about what I wanted to share about Marty Scott, and then I realized, what did we talk about the most? And I was like, well, I don't really know if I want to share that, but I think it was relationships. And like, I feel like as guys, this is specifically to you guys, we're always concerned about who are we going to date, what are we going to do, and I feel like we spent a lot of time talking about that, but in the end, he would always draw me back to, well, what's really important? Like, am I seeking Christ? Is that why I'm here? Is that what I'm doing? And I just want to encourage all the guys that are in college that there is more to college than finding a wife. I'm still single, and I'm all right with that, so (laughs) So it'll be all right. Um, But yeah, I guess that's all. Well, thank you, Kelly and Andy, for uh, talking to us for a minute. I'm so grateful for uh, them and really for all of you guys and and the uh, ministry that you provide. This college ministry really runs on the volunteerism and the service and the heart that you guys have. So I'm so grateful 
to them. And uh, Andy, I am proud of you that you could say the uh, mission statement. So I'm not going to yell at you this morning specifically. I'll just <laughs> yell at everybody else. And so if you guys have a Bible, open up to Ephesians 5 for just a minute. Ephesians 5. And we're going to read from verse 15 through verse 20. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity for us to gather and to share uh, worship and to share in the reading of your word. I thank you for those who are graduating. Father, I pray that as they go out, you would direct them to wherever it is you want them to go. Father, for those who are not graduating, who are going to be here for another year or two or more, Lord, we just pray that their college career would be a time where they would continue to walk with you. Uh, Lord, I'm just grateful as I listen to Andy and Kelly, I'm just thankful that uh, they chose to present pearls of wisdom, not from their own minds or opinions, but from your word. And I pray that we would ground all of our thoughts uh, about how to live uh, in your word. Thank you, God, for this time. And uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I have a question for y'all. How are you guys feeling about finals about now? All right. So I thought, okay, some of you good, some of you bad, right? Uh, Some of you are probably feeling good about them because uh, you're ready, right? You've studied, you've been diligent, you've uh, made the work that you've needed to do. Y'all are all laughing like nobody in this room is in that situation. But uh, a few of you perhaps are, right? You feel ready. Now, the others of you, maybe the ones of you that hissed, you're feeling nervous, you're feeling fearful because you're not ready. And uh, you came into the semester and perhaps you made a New Year's resolution that this was the semester that you were going to break that 3-0 mark, right? Or maybe that 2-0 mark or whatever it was, right? And you were going to study and this was going to be the one that was going to bring you up. And yet you got here and it took about a week and your friends showed up and you thought, I like my friends more than I like the studying. Uh, you began, that's right, you began to join again the clubs that you were in. Uh, perhaps that backgammon club really took your interest, right? In the first meeting, uh, you're locked up for the semester and studying took a back seat. And so now you're at the end of the semester and uh, you're hissing about finals because you're nervous and you're fearful and you're scared and you're not ready. And uh, it's possible that if you look back, you would say, you know, I came here to A&M for a variety of reasons, but one of those was to get an education. And at some point along the way, this semester, maybe I lost focus of that. Perhaps you started a relationship and everything was just derailed, right? And so now you're getting ready for the final and you're not quite ready. Well, as I thought about that scenario many of you are facing this week, it really made me think about the idea that there's a lot of parallels between college and life, believe it or not. Now, there's many ways in which college does not resemble life at all, but there are a lot of parallels between college and the rest of your life in that there are things that we are called to by God to focus on and to know and to invest our time in. And we're someday going to get to the end of our life and we're going to face a judgment. And you can equate that judgment to the biggest final exam you've ever taken. And we're going to stand before our Savior and the quality of our life is going to be evaluated. 
And for those who have believed in Jesus Christ, we can rest secure that we have eternal life simply because we believed in Jesus Christ. But our lives will be evaluated to determine the praise and the reward that we receive from our Savior as we enter into our eternal rest. And so all of us are going to face this final judgment. And so we want to be asking ourselves, am I making the most of our time? As Ephesians 5 says, am I making the most of the time that I've been given? Ephesians 5, the passage that I just read, is perhaps most famous because of its prohibition against getting drunk with wine. It says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. Now, what's interesting about that is the issue primarily in Ephesians 5 is not alcohol, although it mentions alcohol. The issue primarily in Ephesians 5 is this issue of dissipation. The reason you should not get drunk with wine is because it is dissipation. That means it's just a waste. It's a waste of the time you've been given. Now, you've got to remember back in Paul's day, they didn't have iPods. They didn't have Sony Playstations. They didn't have all kinds of other drugs that they could go to to twaddle away their time. They had alcohol. So Paul says, when you fill yourself with alcohol, you're not filling yourself with the Spirit of God. And what you want to do is fill yourself with the Spirit of God so that through the Spirit of God, you can redeem, make the most of, use your time in the best way possible. Again, we're all going to face at some point a final judgment where the quality of our life will be measured against God's standards. And so for those of you that are graduating, for those of you that are going to be here this summer, for those of you that are leaving and coming back, whether you're going overseas or you're going to Dallas or Houston or wherever it is, I want to talk for a few minutes about how can we walk with God throughout the summer after I graduate throughout the rest of my life. I was talking to another staff member this morning who also works with college students, and he was saying it's just unbelievable, and I've seen this too, it's unbelievable how many college students simply stop walking with God within a year or two after finishing college. And I think a lot of that is because when you're here in college, especially in this environment, you're surrounded by Christian friends and perhaps you're pulled along into doing the Christian thing, but then you leave and you find yourself in isolation and you don't have the patterns and the habits and the discipline set up in your life to walk with God for a lifetime. All right, so we're going to talk about really some basic principles, things that you know, but that I would urge you strongly as you leave here, whether it's for three months, whether it's for two weeks, whether it's for the rest of your life that you're leaving here, how can I continue to walk with God? All right, a few thoughts. First of all, stay in the Word. All right, stay in the Word of God. Ephesians five fifteen to 17 talks about making the most of your time, and then it says, understand what the will of God is understand what the will of God is, discern what the will of God is. And as we look throughout the scripture, what we see repeatedly is that we discern the will of God through being in the word of God. When we talked about signs and wonders last week, we talked about how we take every experience that we have had and we subject it and submit it and evaluate it by what the word of God has to say, rather than evaluating it by our own standards or our own opinions or the culture around us. We discern what the will of God is by being in his word. Uh, Just recently, I received a uh, save the date for a friend's wedding this summer. And uh, when I opened it up, on the inside, it was completely unreadable. There are all kinds of colors, and it looks like there are words on there, but you can't read them. Well, in order to read them, you have to put on these glasses, all right? Okay, so, which is pretty cool, except you feel silly doing it. So now I can see it. It says, save the date to celebrate with us at this day and age. Well, all of a sudden... The glasses illuminate what's in the paper. 
All right, some of us think about the Bible like an instruction book for life, uh, as if we already know basically the meaning of life and, and all we need is a few instructions. Instead, what the Bible is, is it is an entirely new lens, an entirely new set of glasses with which to view the world. Apart from the scripture, you cannot understand who you are, who God is, what God's purposes are for you. The Bible is not simply an instruction book. It is the map to understanding the world that we live in. It is the glasses we are to wear. And the only way to put those goes on is to read it and to be in it and to directly be in the scripture. I think many of us, we listen to podcasts of great Christian speakers. I think many of us, we read books by great Christian authors. I think many of us, we sing songs by great Christian musicians, but we don't open up the word of God and read it directly to submit ourselves to the authority of God in the scriptures. It's reading this week that most of us spend an inordinate time with various forms of media, whether that's video games, music on iPods, television, computer. The average for men and women your age is about 11 hours a day engaged in television, computer, video games, music, iPods, all of those sort of things. Right? And much of that may be multitasking time, right? You're talking to a friend while you're texting doing your homework while the iPod is in. But the reality is that most of us, as we go throughout the day, we are simply passively taking in input from the world and we are never actively sitting down in quiet and silence and solitude and saying, God, speak to me from your word. My challenge to you is this, regularly turn off all the noise and sit down in quiet with the word of God and read it and study it because that's where life is found. It's where the truth of Jesus Christ is found. So stay in the word. Stay in the word, right? First Peter chapter one, Peter says, all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news or the gospel that was preached to you. Right? The word of God lasts forever. That song will be out of date in a couple of years. Believe me. That podcast may have a new idea in it that becomes obsolete in six months. That book will be popular today, but not tomorrow. The word of God abides forever. It is where life is found. So stay in the word of God. That's why in our Bible studies here, we make a direct effort to get you guys directly studying the word of God. Because we believe it is where life change is going to happen. Stay in the word. And secondly, I, I would say stay in community. Stay in community. Ephesians 5, 19 to 20 says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Interestingly, verse 18, it says, be filled with the Spirit. And then verse 19, it says, the means by which you're going to do that, this is a participle of means, it says the means by which you're going to do that is speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In other words, being filled with the Spirit of God Walking with God, knowing him well, is not an individual activity. There's no way that I can be filled with the Spirit of God when I'm sitting in my room all by myself all day long. There's no way that I can really be filled with the Spirit of God and know others as I'm supposed to and love others as Jesus has called me to when I never engage in community 
and I find myself in isolation. And I think one of the biggest dangers that you guys face as you go into the workforce, as you go overseas, is that you will disconnect yourself from a church community where you can grow and be held accountable. And my experience has been that those students who do that, who do not connect quickly to a church community, almost invariably within six months, they are no longer walking with God. Because walking with God is not an individual isolated activity, right? And it's not only a matter of sitting in the back and listening to the best preacher in town. It's also a matter of engaging in loving others and serving the church and sharing the gospel with others and worshiping with them face to face. I happened to rent a movie last night. I'll admit that um, I was a Michael Jackson fan. I don't know if any of you guys were. Uh, In my lifetime, I actually saw a time when Michael Jackson was normal. Uh, He did not look ghoulish or unusual, and and, uh, he did good music and those sort of things. So all the way back to my childhood, I listened to his music. And so uh, after he passed, many of you have uh, heard they made this uh, movie, so to speak, of his last rehearsal footage that he was preparing to do kind of his last concert series before he was going to retire from the entertainment business. And really all the movie is is just a a series of uh, rehearsals and auditions and interviewing dancers and choreographers and lighting people and all this kind of stuff. But it's very interesting at the very end of this thing, as they're finishing up the rehearsals, all of the uh, dancers and all of the singers and musicians and uh, techs, they all gather around in a circle and they held hands. And Michael Jackson is standing there holding hands. And I, I really honestly, when I saw it, I thought they were about to pray. That's really what I thought. But they didn't pray. Instead, uh, uh, the uh, producer of the whole thing said a few words, and he said, I'm going to turn it over to Michael now. And Michael, you know, in his kind of quiet voice, he said, uh, we've worked really hard. And he said, we're family. And we love each other. And we're all one. And we're going to go out and we're going we're to preach this message of love to the people who are listening. And, and then he walked around and he hugged each person that was there. And I thought, wow, what? What an amazing visual of the fact that all of us long for community. The challenge in this instance was that their sense of love and sense of community was coming from Billie Jean and Beat It rather than from the gospel of Jesus Christ. But all of us have a desire to be in community. All of us have a desire to know others and to know them well. It's ingrained within us. You cannot walk closely with God if you pull yourself away from the community of believers because you will have some community. And it'll either be a community that draws you close to God or pulls you further away. And the challenge is we interact with the community of believers and we worship and we love God. And it's through that that the world comes to know who Jesus is. That's what Jesus says in the book of John, chapter 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, when we love others in the body of Christ and we serve others in the body of Christ, the world around looks and they come to know Jesus Christ. And we have the opportunity in that community to go out in the world and to share the gospel. I would challenge you, really, within two to three months after you leave here, connect quickly with a church, not only where you can hear good sermons, not only where you can hear good music, but where you can, where you can serve and where you can minister. If you're just gone for the summer, stay connected to your friends, join a Bible study, find accountability, but do not disconnect yourself from community. Hebrews 10, chapter 23 to 25 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. What I love about Hebrews 10 is he connects holding fast the confession of Jesus Christ. He connects that directly to meeting together. 
And that's the warning all the way through Hebrews. If you stop meeting with the body of believers, you will not hold fast the gospel. Stay in community. All right, and then the third thing quickly is this. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. And the purpose of your life is not to have a great career, although God may call you to that. The purpose of your life is not to make a lot of money, although God may direct you to that. The purpose of your life is not uh, to get married, And some of you are relieved by that, perhaps, right? Because you're not yet. God may direct you to that. But the purpose of your life instead is to glorify Jesus Christ, right? I love uh, what Kelly said earlier from Matthew chapter 6. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God knows your needs. God knows exactly what you need in order to do his will. So the purpose of your life, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the last words that Jesus says to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus says, take this message and spread it out across the world. And whether you go to Africa or whether you stay in San Antonio or Austin or College Station, You are called to participate through prayer, through giving, and yes, through preaching. The message that Jesus came, that Jesus died for our sins, and he rose again so we could have eternal life. Maybe that you're here this morning and you've not ever even believed that for the first time. and You need to know that apart from Jesus Christ, all of us are separated eternally from God because we've disobeyed God, because we are sinners by our very nature. And yet God gave his son, Jesus Christ, who died in our place, took our penalty. He rose again, defeated death and sin. If we believe in him, we can have eternal life. That's the message that we're called to preach to the world. And I would challenge you as you go out into the cities that you're going to go out to, join a church, but also join a church that will encourage you to go out into the community, as James says, to serve the needy, to care for the widow and orphan, to get to know those who have needs and preach the gospel in your workplace, find opportunities to develop relationships with your coworkers and preach the gospel. You are called to be a minister of Jesus Christ, whether you ever preach a sermon on a stage or not. And as the world sees the community and the love we have for one another, then we have the opportunity to share the gospel. Uh, quickly, a couple of weeks ago, uh, when we went to have lunch on campus, um, for our very last lunch on campus, some of our students began to play this ninja game on campus. And... Uh, Some of you have played it. Some of you have not. Um, I'm not even going to try to explain it because I don't fully understand it. But uh, it involves, you know, people chopping each other's arms and things along those lines. And it's a blast and it's a lot of fun. And they were enjoying it. Well, while we were playing, other people came and began to join the game. And then this photographer came and started taking pictures of the group. And uh, he actually was a photographer from the Brian Eagle, the local paper. And this picture showed up in the paper the next day of some of our staff. All right. This is a... Our women's director right here, you can see she's taking it very, very seriously, uh, the game. Looks like she's about to harm Greta there. And uh, so uh, people were drawn to this laughter and this joy. And as I saw that picture, I thought, what I really pray is that people will be drawn to us as we exude that kind of joy and enthusiasm about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That men and women will come and they will want to worship with us. And they will hear the gospel and they will receive the life that only Jesus can give. My challenge, again, is spend your life in pursuit of those things that that matter. Don't get to the end of your life and wonder what you've spent it all doing. 
Invest in knowing the word of God. Invest in community with other believers. Invest in, in sharing the message Jesus Christ has given. He is life. Brian is going to come up and do a couple of more songs as we close, and then I'll come up and pray. But as we worship and as we sing here in closing, I just want to ask you, pray that the Lord would focus your heart and your mind on his purposes for this summer and for the rest of your life, wherever it is that you are going, so that we can be vessels of the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity again to worship you. We do want to do exactly as we just sang, to lift your name higher and higher. Uh, Father, not only with our songs and our hands and our words, but uh, with our lives and uh, with our actions and with our thoughts. Father, I pray that the focus of our life would not merely be to keep out of trouble and to make a name for ourselves and to live a comfortable life, but instead would be to proclaim the glories and the mercies of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, uh, empower us through your Spirit to do that. Pray for each person here as they finish finals, as they go out. Uh, Lord, bless their endeavors to glorify you and uh, bring them back here safely or take them safely to the places you are leading them. Lord, we love you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great week.